Hi, and welcome back to the Local Entrepreneurs Network podcast. I am Matt Levine. And I'm Alessandro Frias. This week, we have local entrepreneur Micheline Lambros, founder of Soul Bowls, a vegan acai place that serves the Scotch Plains community and beyond. We talked to her about how she began Soul Bowls, how the business survived the pandemic, the importance of consistency with your products, building a strong culture in the workplace, and Soul Bowl's second location that will be opening this spring. For those interested in Soul Bowls, click on the link in the podcast description below. You'll not regret it. Thanks and enjoy. Hey, Mish. So thank you so much for, for coming on and spending some time with us. Uh, we know you're very busy. Before we, or let's, I want to open the, the show today with like a question about, uh, we usually ask everyone about what your entrepreneurial journey was like. How did, what led you to start Soul Bulls? How did it all begin? How did it all begin essentially? Sure. Um, so I first started, I opened up a business in Westfield. Um, many, I guess some people would know what it's called. It's called Ownables. It's still there. We um, ended up, it was a partnership and we split our, we split ways. It wasn't really working, um, but she's a good person. I'm a good person, just wasn't a good partnership. Um, and then after that, I was like more than, I was so motivated. I was like, I got to get going. I have to open up something like you know, I was 23 at the time. And I guess I kind of felt like I failed because I was just got out of this partnership. It lasted for like three months and I was like ready to prove myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so part of that, like, I guess you could call it a buyout deal was getting this food truck, what, what everyone knows to be the Sobel's food truck. Emerald. Yeah. Um, and when I first saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, this like junk, like, what am I going to do with this? months into like you know transforming it making it what it is um we were like all right I think we're ready to like go out with this um we didn't put too much money into it we put what we had you know a few thousand dollars but whatever we had in our savings to kind of transform it and then we had no idea what kind of effect it would have but it was like from the start we had like lines and it was just like it was so much fun it was an experience um, and then only through that were we able to open up the storefront. And, and so like being 23 at the time, I guess like a lot of like other 23 year olds will be like, they'll, they'll choose to get a job in corporate America or like whatever they studied in college. What was kind of like going out on your own and working for yourself at such a young age? Like, like, was it a lot of pressure? Cause I felt like I screwed up. Yeah. Like at 23, I was like, wow, like I, I should not have done this. My dad mm-hmm. told me, don't go into a partnership. And I was like, no, like, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I want to go into it. I, I really want to start this business. It's the only way I can financially start it is with help. Um, so it was like, pace makes waste. I live by that now. Like I was like, oh. ready. I didn't care. I didn't want to spend any more time saving money. I'd like, I wanted to do it, you know? Yeah. Huh. Um, so yeah, I guess like after it all, happened um i felt like a little regretful and a little bit like a failure but once i got into the the next business and that felt that was like okay i'm not crazy like i knew this was a good idea like mm-hmm. it, it, when you stick to something and you you're determined and you can see it through um the effects are great it, and most of the time if it's meant to be yeah 
can you tell us a little bit why like it seems like your entrepreneurial endeavors have been centered around like healthy foods and fruits and things like that like have your lifestyle always kind of been the healthy thing and is that why you have uh like sell fruit and things like that um yeah i feel like my whole family has always been into like food and like health and like my family like growing up they always cooked and stuff like that like they were and even sometimes if it wasn't healthy it was just mm -hmm. like we were always cooking yeah. And I never knew what kind of effect that had until I realized that, hmm, not all families are like this. Like <laughs> every, every night, every, mo every morning before school, my dad would make me, he'd come home from work and we all got like egg sandwiches with, at the time we were eating meat. So they would have like meat on them, like stacked. And I'd go to school and I'd open up my sandwich. And I remember some of the people around me were like, oh my God. Well, it's like, you and I was like, really? Oh yeah, I need a lot still do um but from that point okay so I was eating like these egg sandwiches with like meat and stuff I was like okay I could probably like be a little bit better and healthier um but still wanted to eat like that so like led into like veganism and mm -hmm. um, we were always into like different um ideas about food and like medicines and uh, vitamins and stuff like that so I guess being into food and like the looks of it and all that and tastes and prep and all that and combine that with um a healthy like wanting to be more healthy yeah i that led me here you can say mm. yeah so i guess food is the passion but yes healthy of course because you can't eat like that yeah have it be like meat and eggs you can't you'll be yeah. like five by five <laughs> <laughs> so after after ono bowls what did you do differently? Like, what did you, when you went back to the drawing board and you came up with soul bowls, what, what was, what was different from, from this project and, and why was it successful versus, versus the Ono bowls, obviously being a bad partnership, but what did you do differently? I think that the partnership, it was really hard for me to think for myself mm -hmm. in that, um, because I felt pressure to to do things as my partner wanted them versus to do them as I thought was best. So when I was alone and I could do my own thing and be more independent, I think that's what, what caused it to be more successful is because I was like, okay, I, I have like this freedom to like explore now, you know, and yeah. do things that I actually want to do. Um, and I think that's what makes the difference. I'm so passionate about it too, you know? Yeah. Definitely. And then did you find soul bowls to be successful during the pandemic or did you see you like, were you guys like trying to survive or did you see that your business was actually thriving during the pandemic? I like thank my lucky stars. Uh, we are very, very blessed um, that we didn't have a problem during the pandemic. We changed the way that we set up our business. And I think that helped. We went to online. We never had online ordering prior to the pandemic. So that helped us tremendously. Uh, we didn't let people inside. We took orders from the door uh, that helped. And yeah, we just did our best to like accommodate the needs of the people at that time. And, and what was it like to be able to serve the community dur during like such a such a tough go? Because a lot of the food service industry, a lot of businesses were shut down, but mm -hmm. you guys, you guys yeah. were able to serve this community and, and like bring some light to them at the time. Yeah, like, wait, so what's the question? I guess like what what was the biggest takeaway that like you that that you took away as like a as a business owner and just like the experience to be able to serve the business community uh to serve the serve your local community like during a time like that 
Yeah. Because yeah. we opened in the storefront in 2019. Someone brought this to my attention. And then in 2020, the pandemic. So I was only open a year. Yeah. I realized because we had the food truck. But yeah, it was only open a year before the pandemic. Um, so it's kind of all I know. No, it's not. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was crazy. I don't, I don't know. It's, I kind of still feel like it's happening. Like we're still in it. Definitely. It's been a crazy time in business. And I feel blessed to have made it. And, and full disclosure, I work at Sobel's. Um, to, to the rest of the podcast listeners. And it's it's been an incredible experience working there. I've been working there for over six months now. I began last May. And a lot a lot of my high school friends... Matt? Say it again? Was it your first job? It was my first job in the food service industry. I did work at my temple and it was just no fun. But this job, <laughs> this job, when I, when, I got, when I got this job, my mom was like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, I don't know if you're going to be able to like handle something like this. Yeah. But... It, it took me some time and they were incredibly supportive um, and I love the job so much. And so I just wanted to put that out there. But a lot of my, a lot of my high school friends have jobs. So much throughout, like just being here for like a short time, there's like tremendous growth. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I was definitely the worst. I was by far the worst employee you had. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Because you know what you, what you brought is what a lot of people can't bring. And that's passion and willingness to learn. Yeah. And like not everyone has that. You have that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But I, I've been I've been speaking to a lot of my high school friends and, and they have they have jobs at whether it may be Jersey Mike's or or just like various other other places in town. And they keep talking about how there's nobody there to work with them. So like they're have they're they're getting forced into like five days a week having to work when they have to balance school and other things. How have you guys been able to retain your staff? and like make sure that um, like as far as like the onboarding process goes is, is always solid. It's tough. Sometimes it's, there's, there's times when it's harder than others to hire, but mm -hmm. um, I think, and I'll say this often to Alicia, my sister, I think that it's creating a culture that people want to be part of. Definitely. It just being a job. It's, I think when you come to Soul Bowls, you're part of something. And we really, our goal is to have it be like a soul fam, you know, like we're all part of this little fam and, um, you know, it's healthy, it's vegan. Mm -hmm. It's like a little bit of a movement. And I think it's inviting to want to be a part of something like that. Yeah. Or I hope that's what we're, the goal is to create that. Yeah, I think that's like a really important point. I think during the pandemic, you see how important it is for businesses to like treat their employees properly. And mm -hmm. the fact that like even Matt's, I, we at school, Matt will even bring up Sobol's, you know, like work is on his mind. The fact that he's talking about Sobol's uh, out of work kind of shows, you know, how passionate, how valued he feels at his workplace. I think that's important just to retain employees, um, make sure they're productive at work. So I guess that probably definitely goes into the success of keeping employees at Sobol's probably. Yes, 100%. You have to you have to treat your employees fairly and honestly and with respect, just as you would want to be treated. Of course. And, and I've had Matt, I've had jobs where like I didn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just so important that I when I went into my own business that I did create that for employees because mm -hmm. I didn't always feel that way. And in fact, I felt like very stupid in my jobs. And 
I think that that could have been prevented and it could have just, if you just help people mm-hmm. and help them slowly but surely, you'll get there. And then you'll have yeah. confidence along the way as well. Totally. And like we've had that conversation about um, about like the, the, the constant pursuit of like trying to be happy in the place that you're, the place that you're working and trying not to waste any time on things that like you're not passionate about. And I think Sobols really checks all the boxes as far as like, it's an easy, it's easy place to work. You can really enjoy yourself, but also get a lot of things done. And then obviously as a business owner, like you've been able to find that happiness too, within all the chaos of running a business, you've been able to be happy with it too. Definitely happy with it. And people warned me like prior to opening up a storefront, they said like, it's so much work. You're never going to have time for yourself. I don't recommend it. Shouldn't do it. I got told that a lot. And I was just adamant that that wouldn't be the case. You know, like I approach this differently. Mm -hmm. That's uh, Sandra and I, we've talked about it. Like um, that's our end goal. We want to be able to work for ourselves by the time everything's all said and done. I could, and I could see that too. Here you are outside of school doing an interview. That's what, that's what it's about though. Like working outside of work. You, mm-hmm. you, you went to school, mm-hmm. right? You could yeah. say I'm done, but here you are, you know, yeah. doing it. I love that. It, so it's, cool. it's the hustle, I guess. Yeah, it, it is the hustle. <laughs> it is. From all of the food truck to the store, like, uh, no, I'm okay. Um, it was, if I didn't have that kind of hustle mentality, it wouldn't, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked because it, you get kicked down, you know, you feel like, oh, like, who am I? Like, I can't do this. But yeah. you have to keep going. You just have to keep pushing yourself. And, and Mish, before you were, you, when you're talking about the pandemic and saying how you added certain features to your business that you didn't have before, like the online ordering and the contactless pickup, do you plan on keeping some of those elements, like the online ordering, even after the pandemic? So, yeah, like in, you know, in, in small ways, the pandemic was, I don't want to call it like a blessing because it obviously wasn't for so many people, but um, I want to be careful with how I word that. But for us, like I was able to learn a lot from that yeah. and we are still implementing those things today. Online ordering is still in place. And one of the best features that we could have added, Definitely. Uh, it helps us tremendously in, you know, efficiency and getting the job done. Yeah. So we definitely still keep that. Um, and what else did we add? The, like if we don't do it anymore where like you go to the door and you place your order. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense, yeah. That wasn't necessary. That's not necessary now. Will it be in the future? I really hope not. We hope that this is coming to an end, but um, yeah. It taught us a lot, it taught us a lot. And, and so now kind of transitioning into, um, in, in, into talking about the second store. And, and you, you talked about earlier how you guys were only really open for one year prior to the pandemic beginning. So like a lot of, a lot of the, the work came during the pandemic. And so now you guys are transitioning into the second store. What was the experience like to like have to go on the search for, for the storefront location? And like, yeah, for the second store? Like mm-hmm. what, what was that experience like? Interesting, because I was really set on having our store in this one spot. Mm-hmm. So I, and I had was set on this for like a year prior. I had done my research. I felt like I knew the town that needed it. And so I brought the food truck to Chatham Farmer's Market every Sunday. And I was like, let me just 
prep people, like get my name out there, get people to know us. And so I spent the entire summer with the food truck in Chatham. And then after that was finished in August, I spent the following like months. Well, also while I was at the market. So I would say while at the market and then following months for, I would say six months, I was looking for a spot in that, in those two towns. Couldn't find a thing. Wow. And that's when, you know, like the universe is just not aligning in that direction. Stars, stars were telling me now, you know? Yeah. So eventually we found our other spot. Cool. Was it, was it harder than you expected to, to find the other spot? Or like, were there, like, is it, is it, it it's got to be harder than like one thinks to, to be able to like open up a second store like that, especially just like, like even finding a second location. It's like house hunting. Finding a, yeah, definitely. Like, cause, cause I also believe in like, you know, God and that God has his, his will and his, mm -hmm. what he wants. So when mm -hmm. things not working out and like, I feel like I'm trying so hard, it's like, okay, is God trying to tell me something right now? Is this just not the right spot? Mm -hmm. So I try and get quiet and listen. And if you can listen to that voice, I think it can guide you in the right direction. At least I'm hoping because I am very nervous to open up the second spot because um, we've only been open for, well, including the truck, we've had that in Scotch Plains for five years. So I think it's time to have the second one. Um, but yeah, it's just scary. You hope Definitely. people as well as they are in Scotch Plains, you know, yeah. and that people want it. So we shall see. Do you feel even like a little bit more confident though, going into it with like a little bit of experience under your belt from the first location, or does it seem like it's more nervous and confidence? Or I guess both really, it could be both. It's such a little bit of everything because yeah. Scotch Plains, I was confident because I had the food truck in Scotch Plains for two years. So I said, people know me, they like the product. I think they will come, mm -hmm. very confident they will come. Now in the next town, I, they now they don't know the food truck. They don't know who I am. Yeah. But I have a little bit more money behind me. Not a lot more, but a little bit where I'm still at the time when I built Sobel Scotch Plains, I had nothing. I had no income. I just finished the truck. So I was just building off of the income that I had from the food truck. Um, but no uh, weekly income. I was just constantly working on the store. So this time, at least I have that, which is like, okay, that's some peace of mind where I didn't have that before. Mm -hmm. So, so what, oh, confidence. Do I feel as confident? Maybe not. I hate to say, I mean, I'm confident, but it's, it's a risk. And anytime there's yeah. a risk, you're going to question it. But, um, but peace of mind wise, I definitely have a little bit more peace of mind. Mm -hmm. What differentiates you from the competition? I, I could go on for hours about this question, but like, what do you think differentiates uh, you from the competition, Soul Bowls, I mean, Pliables, Juice House, et cetera, et cetera? Well, I think they're all great. You know, like I think that I love that any place that opens and they're offering like a vegan healthy option props mm. to you. Like it, you're in some something in the right direction, you know? So yeah, but at the same time, yes, they're my competition, I guess you can say. And what differentiates me? Um, well, that we make a lot of like homemade things. So like instead of serving Nutella, which a lot of places do, and that's mm -hmm. fine, but I didn't want to serve that because I don't like that it has like milk fat in it and like so much sugar. So I said that we had to come up with our own. 
And it took me like three months of trial and error, but we came up with our own called Soltella. It's delicious. I mean, I like it. I think, I think it's fantastic. You like it that? It took me a while to grow. It, it took some time to grow on me, but it's very good. <laughs> nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so there's that. We make our, our granola um, homemade in-house. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it has no refri- refined sugar. It's gluten-free. It's vegan. It's raw. We try and do things as like healthy as possible. Our mm-hmm. acai is, I feel like, I think it's the best, obviously. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, you know, partially. Yeah. <laughs> I better like it. So, yeah, I like that. Like all of our bases, I think they're delicious. And great egg. Great egg. And then, would you say like a strength that your competition doesn't have is that relationship that you have with the community? Because it seems like, like what Matt was saying and how you're very involved with the community. Do you feel like that's something very advantageous for your business that uh, companies like Pliables and Juice Out doesn't have? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't really think of that, but I feel so close to my customers and the customers are from my community. So yeah, we like Matt, you can attest this too. Mm-hmm. Like we love our customers. Yes. And they're also like the best. I hear like these experiences a lot of people have and like, we just don't have them. Our customers are like all so sweet and- And they're regulars. I was gonna ask that. Yeah, are they reoccurring or is it more new people? Always regular. Once in a blue moon, but- most of our customers, they had been there before. Wow, okay, yeah. And they just, they order the same thing every week. Like you could <laughs> count, you could count on Deidre coming in and ordering <laughs> shots or juice, juices or bowls. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, like everything, have their orders that they want every single time. That's cool. And I, I, th- I think that's a really cool, like, um, because then like Sarah, like she's constantly, and like Sarah like uses their names now. He's like, yeah. she constantly remembers them. And so like, I'm like, I'm starting to remember their names too. Because, that's and, and that's like a great feeling to have, to know that like the same people are coming back over and over again. Even and like if I'm making their drink and then they come back the next week, then I know that I did my job good enough. Yeah, very <laughs> true. That's a great look at it. I love that. Yeah. Um, so we also, I, I really enjoyed the team meeting on Sunday. And as I was kind of drafting up the questions, I, I thought back to that and like the importance of like continuity and making sure that like we, we really put an emphasis on Sunday about all of our products coming out the same. And once yeah. we reach a consensus about how our product's gonna be produced, that's the way it's gonna be produced. Hmm. Talk to us about like why you find that to be so important. Cause one customer can't come in one day and get an athlete, it tastes one way. And then next week they come back and it's a different way. Like yeah. you may like how you putting strawberries in your athlete, but you can't do that. Like it, that's not what it calls for. You may like doing the peanut butter a certain way, but mm-hmm. we have it, we have it done in a, in a pattern that needs to be repeated every time. So yeah, consistency. You yeah. want to know when a customer comes in and they order something, that's what they want. And it has to be the same every time. That has been, I would say that's one of the hardest things that I've had to get down and I'm still trying to get down is consistency and mm-hmm. yeah is that every time it's the same exact thing because our bowls are so like hearty and yeah. there are so many layers that when i first made the bowl actually you'll find this funny i wouldn't let anyone else make a bowl so <laughs> so when i was on the food truck i yeah. had i had um my manager at the time who would just be on register and mm-hmm. i would make a bowl. she didn't know how to make a bowl for the longest time it was just me i, I couldn't give it up 
And I also had no idea what to tell people to do. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it together. But eventually, little by little, which is why I'm so thankful for the food truck, I was able to get that down. And then she would start making the bowls. And then we had other people come on. They'd make the bowls. I'm like, okay. So it's not just me who could do this. You know, mm-hmm. it's all right. Someone else could do it. That's so would you say like the, incredible. like the key to the cons- consistency and the bowls and everything like that is training the employees and making sure they follow the same steps that you did? Yes. And being able to communicate how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to tell people what to do. Instead, mm-hmm. I had to go home and I had to write and think, okay, what am I doing when I'm making that bowl? Okay. There's a layer and then there's a second layer and then there's a third layer, you know, what are in those layers, but that took a long time. And how much am I putting? Like, I didn't have a measured spoon at the time. You need to measure it. You need to know exactly how much you're putting every time. So that took years to come up with. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and so Alicia, um, who, who's your sister and she's essentially like your right hand, your right hand man. For, soul soul. For, say it again. Soul of soul. Soul of soul. <laughs> um, what has it been like to be able oh. to work with your family like that and, and to have like Alicia be a part of the business and, and because she takes on a lot of like the training, the new employees. Yes. And so like, what is like, would you trust anyone else besides Alicia to do something like that for you? Just like in the beginning when I didn't trust people with making bowls, yeah. eventually I would like to think that I could trust someone other than my sister. To do. <laughs> um, but Alicia is so wonderful at what she does and she's so organized and efficient and she has a really good mind for organization and getting things mm-hmm. done the way. And you need someone like that in, in, in a position like that. So yeah, I definitely do trust her. Um, but could I trust someone else? I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'll get there. And so this is essentially a family business. What is it? So this has the chance to last for generations and generations. We hope. What is, what is that just like thinking about that opportunity like? Yeah, I love it. I mean, I would love for this to last generations and be, be in the family for a long time for my mm-hmm. kids to take it over Alicia's kids to work there, you know? Yeah. Or at any, if, who knows if we have a few locations, they could work at all of them. It's fun. That's and cool. you know, it is very generational for me too. My father had, I didn't even, this, this didn't influence my decision in having a food truck. I really mm-hmm. didn't. And after thought, I was like, wow, it's so crazy. My dad did that. My dad had a fruit truck <laughs> and he went, he would peddle in like Newark and sell oranges and watermelons. If you ask him about it, he's like, he'll describe how he was on the streets and he'd be like, watermelon, two for two, watermelons, oranges, you know? <laughs> and yeah, he, I, I didn't even think of, wow, like here I am 20 years later selling fruit in a truck. What are the chances? <laughs> you know? That's awesome. And then, yeah, and then my Uncle Charlie, which is on my mother's side, mm-hmm. he had like, it was, a, I guess you could call it a convenience store, but also sold fruit and stuff like that too. So I guess business owners are in the fans. Very cool. And then taking like a little step back, I guess, um, back to consistency, do you guys buy from the same supplier every time for your fruits and all like the produce and things like that? Because I guess that's a huge part, like making sure the quality of your fruits and all your ingredients uh, remains high quality for your customers. Totally. Yeah. Same, same distributor every time, unless like, say like we have a distributor and all of a sudden they're charging like three times the price, then we'll look into someone else. But Mm -hmm. we try to keep the same distributor throughout. And we've been pretty consistent with that. 
right. get almond butter from one place, you want to get it from the same place every time. Like we yeah. were talking about continuity. Like, yeah. It's also in the ingredients. It, it's, it's just, I, I think that's like one of the most important parts about just running a business period, just making sure that you're able to, like, it doesn't need to be like your employees don't need to run like they're running a military operation. Like mm-hmm. they could still have fun within the workplace, but just the importance of making sure that everything is running the same every single time. Like you could go to, I can make a bowl, Shreya can make a bowl, and then someone yeah. who just walked in the door can make a bowl and they can all make the bowl the same. Yes, very difficult to get down. But I do, I finally, after years, I think we're there. So what, like how far into the process did you realize like, that's what you needed to do like is there something would that be the thing that you would tell your younger self like teach these people earlier trust like it's okay i think that coming from the partnership that failed i didn't i lost a lot of trust in that process and i i didn't want to tell anyone anything you know um but yes, like it's okay. You walls can come down a little bit. You can teach someone else. They will know how to do it. They, they can learn, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean someone else, you know, someone else can't know too. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell my younger self. I tell my younger self a lot of things, but <laughs> that might be one of them, yeah. Oh, Sandra? No, no, I, I was gonna move on to just another part. So we, we talked a lot about community in that part and how you're a big staple in the Scotch Plains. Do you find that to be like one of the most rewarding aspects of being a business owner um, in the community? Or is there another aspect that you find really rewarding as well? It's definitely the people, yeah. It, mm-hmm. I, that's the best part to me, like interacting with our customers and getting to know them and then being able to give the community a product that I feel proud to have made. Mm-hmm. And it will also be good on their stomachs and make them feel good throughout the day and like be a part of their healthy habits and maybe them making a change in their life. That's so rewarding. So the reason I got there is because I, I went to college uh, for dietetics. It's like um, nutrition, I guess, but hospital nutrition. And then when I graduated, I got a job in a hospital, which lasted all of one day because (laughs) they would have like people with certain conditions. And I just couldn't understand how they were and I'd have to write them certain diets for certain patients and the diets made no sense to me I'm like how could you be giving like a cheeseburger to someone and the, don't quote me on this because mm-hmm. it's one day but yeah. it was like a cheeseburger to someone who has like who's type 1 diabetic like mm-hmm. let's like work on like I'm here because I'm passionate about food I'm passionate about a healthy mm-hmm. lifestyle but I'm not executing that at all yeah you know so I knew I had to I had to provide something a service like that to the community that did give the community a healthy option and if you wanted it it was there and that's still the mission today like if you want to eat healthy like we're here you can grab a juice a smoothie vegan tuna the chickpea tuna is outrageous I had it I had it for lunch last week yeah I love it and Nathan loves the guac no yeah Nathan dies by the guacamole. <laughs> I literally posted it like one minute and like he was there 15 minutes later. And <laughs> <laughs> talking about the community, like the first responders discount is, is, is such a cool, is such a cool discount or even like what we're opening up to high school students now who have the opportunity to come over for open lunch. 
Like those yeah. sorts of discounts really forge the forge the connections. I, I I agree. Yeah, and I would do that in in other towns as well. Yeah. And also, I was curious for the second location. Was a big driving force behind that to kind of grow that community that you built in Scotch Plains? You know, obviously, you run a business and. Part of the business is also just making money and so you want to do that as well obviously but was another just driving force of that for the second location to kind of grow that community and grow that awareness of healthy eating and healthy lifestyle totally couldn't have said it better yeah like i i love the idea of like more people getting to know soul bowls and like being a part of other another community's life you know yeah. being in another town i can't i can't believe we have the opportunity to do that i can't believe we're here really because I think you're right when you say to a degree, it, it definitely is a movement. It, it's almost like every couple of days I have like that Sobel's itch, like just to get, yeah. just to get something in me because like fruits and vegetables, like I've, I've always been a big fan of fruits and vegetables. I've never had, I've never been a picky eater in that way, but just like the constant reinforcement that Sobel's provides and just like the nutrients, mm. it, it, it's so important. And I feel like that's that's forgotten that's forgotten a lot of times yes i really do i do think it's forgotten and i don't think that we eat enough fruit and vegetables or that it's like when's the last time you saw a commercial for a strawberry never never <laughs> never that, but you know what that's the real fast food that's the food that we should be going to grab when we're on on the go oh, on the go grab an apple grab yeah. a handful of strawberries that's fast food Best food isn't hamburgers and French fries. That's actually takes should take a long time to cook. Mm. So why do you think fruit, like why is fruits and vegetables in this type of information not mainstream in society? Like why is it put on like do not disturb? That's my real passion right there. Because mm. that irritates me. Why? Why isn't what I that that is really what made me want to do this. So like you asked me why, you put it perfectly that's so irritating that this isn't out there, that people, it's some people will even say, oh, I can't have a, a banana or mm -hmm. strawberries because there's too much sugar. I'm like, oh, why is that like out there in society that people think there's too much sugar in fruit? It's perfect. It has fiber, it has vitamins, it has everything you could need. Yeah. And somehow they'll go for like potatoes. There's <laughs> diets that prescribe not eating fruits. Like there yes. are diets out there for weight oh. loss that oh. are telling people don't don't eat your fruit, and I yep. see it and I'm like you're out of your mind. It, it really does kill me because that like the solution is fruit and vegetables. Mm -hmm. It's got it, it should be taking up like three quarters of our plate. It should be, yeah. And I the the fact that it isn't there's a whole story behind that I'm sure, but I, who knows? Yeah. And then I guess taking a step back again, I was kind of curious on what exactly do you look for when you're, when you were opening up that second location? Like why, like, what, what do you look for in towns and I guess in areas and say like, I want to open up a business here is it like the people, is it just like how close you are to them? Um, is there something like specific that you look for that says to you, like, this is a good place to open up my second location? That's a good question. Um, I feel like this is going to sound so corny, but you got to look for the soul in it. Like you have to like feel it. I feel, yeah. You have to be like somehow guided there. And I definitely was guided to this spot. It just, it found me. Whereas mm -hmm. I was like looking and looking in those other spots, couldn't find it, couldn't find it. 
this was just like, oh, here I am, you know? Yeah. Like literally took me there and they wanted to show me that. Not a realtor, you know? Yeah. Wow. This is, right when I went there, I was like, I said those words. I was like, this is Solvols. I feel so much heart in this place. There is a lot of soul in this new location. And and like the the patience, it just takes, it's almost like not not forcing it, just Mm -hmm. the belief that everything for you is going to arrive on time. Yes. And Alicia would be like, come on, Mish, like we need that second spot. And I'm like, I know, but it ain't working out. I don't know what to tell you. Like I can't find anything, (laughs) nothing. Kind of thing. So when this came up, I was like, oh, and, uh, and that's what I would tell Alicia. I'd be like, when it's meant to be, it always will be. And did you always have that perspective and patience? Yes, it's it's I want to say with the exception of Onables, where I was I was hasty. But I even knew I was being hasty, but I didn't see another way to do it. And I'm not even I'm not mad I did it either, because if I didn't. She taught me so much that I, it would have taken me a very long time to learn those things. Mm-hmm. So even though it was tough, she made me a tougher person and I'm, I'm better off for it with the amount of knowledge and, you know, that I can move forward with. Yeah. So what, what are the main things that keep, you, that keep you awake at night currently as an entrepreneur? Like as far as like that I want to fix? Yeah, or just running a business. Like what are, your main, what are the main things that will prevent you from sleeping? Or the answer could be you're you're very content right now and you're and you and you're like you're you're very happy with with how it's going. I am very happy with how it's going. An honest answer would be that uh, the economy's changing mm-hmm. and so prices are going up and I have to reevaluate my prices and I it really bugs me um, to have to up prices on people because I know that it's not a good time to. So if anything were to keep me up, like I don't like to raise prices, but um, ever-changing economy, I have to. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just the times we're in, so. Yeah. Yeah. And then one question we like to ask all of the guests that we have on to kind of wrap it up uh, is some advice for students because the main goal is this to educate students about entrepreneurship and just educate them on how to start their own uh, entrepreneurial endeavors. And so I guess the question is, what advice would you give to young entrepreneurs that are in high school or even in college or even out of college who want to yeah. you know, go from that traditional path of Matt, like Matt was saying, corporate and explore their passion? My one advice, I would say to follow your heart, like whatever it is that you are just almost borderline obsessed with, like you just love it, find a way to do that. And it doesn't, either you work for someone first and then you open up your own business, but whatever it is that you just love, it could be video games. If you love video games, find a way to do that. Mm -hmm. Get paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what I do. I mean, everyone would tell me, you know, oh, just like they'd say someone who sings, you know, and they, Mm -hmm. oh, you'll never make it as an, well, if you love it and you have to find a way to get paid for that, even if it's just on the weekends, you know, so follow your heart. Don't give up and um reach out to people if you need help mm-hmm. what did your parents say to you when you when you uh like started going on your own with the businesses my mom was a little hesitant but overall supportive when i was doing the partnership mm-hmm. um she she just said you know i believe in you whatever you want to do i trust that 
And my dad said, you're a nut. I wouldn't do this. You know, I, I, I'm telling you, don't do what he said. Don't go in that partnership. And I was like, dad, come on. I got this. <laughs> Just shoot him away. And then I was like, dad was right. <laughs> but now I'm overall, I look back, I'm glad I did. So it's an, I told you so picture now that you could send him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He also said, my dad said, what are you crazy making acai bowls? You how much time is that going to take? You know? And I was like, I was like, um, no, we'll find a way to make it efficient and, and not that time consuming, which, what does it take us? Like three minutes, four minutes yeah. to make a bowl? Yeah. Which is, which is crazy efficient. I think. I think so too, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I well, agree. Thank you, Mish, for coming on. Um, Thanks, guys. And obviously, blessed to be a part of the Sobel family. And I can't wait for the uh, second location. Yes, me either. Thank, thank you, again. you, Mish. Thanks, guys.